Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We cannot start this week's show, absolutely cannot start this week's show, until we thank the following people who went to Patreon.com to sponsor this show. Derek Haynes. Alex Kazanis. Jack Connolly. Jonathan Renteria Elie. Bill Dixon. The wonderful Melanie Harker. Dr. Jason Woods. Oh, the fantastic Allison Keene. The alright Jamal Newman. The so-so John Helter. Battle Matt Fitness. The wonderful David Trumbor. And the one and only Sean Paul Ellis. Hey, out there, if you guys want to be on this list or just want to know what's coming up next week on the show, check out patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons for more details. And remember, that's morning with a U. Thank you so much for sponsoring us. Thank you so much for listening. And now, on with the show. Hello, ho, 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 and welcome to a special Christmas-themed episode of Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, <laughs> reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from an unnamed but perfect town, I'll be your co-host, Dave Trumbor, and if you co-host a cartoon podcast, you're gonna need a buddy. So here's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, Sean? Ah, uh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Do you like that Santa stopped by for a brief, uh, brief cameo yeah. appearance? Yeah. I was I was glad that Santa stopped yeah. by. I hope by the end of this show he stops by I, again. He wasn't looking great though. He looked a little <laughs> green around the gills, as they say, as the old folks say. Uh, so we'll keep. An I eye mean, on it. if you're an eternal spirit delivering toys to mm-hmm. children, can you get and breaking into home and breaking into homes? Can you get hantavirus? Yeah, can you get hantavirus? <laughs> Is that a, can can That's that happen? That's the question for tonight's podcast. What if he is a typhoid Mary? Oh, he could be a carrier. Yeah, Holy it could be shit, patient zero. Dark. Yeah. And I was going to try dark. not to swear this entire episode because it's, it's about a kid's show, but it's too late. Uh, that's dark. A dark Christmas story where Santa is a carrier of a lethal virus and he's visiting literally every eh, Christian home, I guess, uh, in the world. That's how the world And then he just ends. shows up and he... And he he coughs a bunch and you're like, ugh, could you oh, not? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I've got this kind of ugh in my throat. And you're like, please, Santa, just just don't don't do that. Really don't. Just But the stop. worst part like, is like leave. you never please you leave. never interact with him. So he just rolls into your house in the middle of the night, coughs this disease all over the place. And then you and your family wake <laughs> up infected the next morning, you're dead by New Year's. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Like, if you're anything like me and you don't want to make New Year's plans, this seems like a dream scenario. This seems like a dream scenario. But of all the, like, world-ending, you know, uh, Emmerich Bay movies that we've had over the years, why was this never one that was greenlit? (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this could be be the end of a... This could be the bookend to a wonderful series or trilogy of movies that we have. I was wondering if it would be, like, the final chapter in the Santa Claus series with tim allen oh i was gonna say 28 days later we can combine the two <laughs> 28 they weeks existed later in a shared universe <laughs> or tim allen's diseased santa claus <laughs> infects the entire world and brings about the death of humanity <sighs> i like it it's got like it a lot it's got dark let's Man. lighten things up a little bit what are we talking about tonight guys we are talking about the amazon prime exclusive if you give a mouse a christmas cookie Ooh. 
That sounds familiar, yeah. but with like a holiday twist. Oh, well, let me let me give you a little bit of background and mm. history on this. It's, so If You Give a Mouse a Cookie is a classic children's book that is written by Laura Numeroff and illustrated by Felicia Bond, first published in 1985. Described as a circular tale, get it, Wink, because he has a right. tail, but it's not spelled not that spelled way. It. Don't worry. <laughs> it is Numeroff and Bond's first collaboration in what became the if you give series a pilot for the animated series adaption of if you give a mouse a cookie was released on amazon prime in 2015 followed by the christmas special if you give a mouse a christmas cookie in 2016 with a full series november 7th 2017 this year how about that go check it out now yeah Guys, just uh, spend $100 on a Prime membership, and then you too can watch If You Give a Mouse a Christmas it's Cookie. It's literally the only benefit that is worth the price of the membership. Everything else is just kind of like a cherry on top or sprinkles, if you want. But this is like, <laughs> this is what you buy it for. Let me ask you this. When I say If You Give a Mouse a Cookie, what comes to mind? Uh, like, a, like, honestly? Yeah. Um... You can make it up if you want. <laughs> like... I won't know the difference. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. It, it's... It's like food safety, food sanitation, and like That's somebody coming in and like and, and and grading a, a restaurant with like an F and putting it out there, and then the family business having to like shut down because they they didn't put up a mouse trap because they were like mm, we need to catch it in a humane way. I'm like, no, there's no humane way sometimes to catch a so rodent. So between Santa infecting the sorry, entire I'm sorry everybody who's out there that loves rodents, the entire human species, and the death of the middle class uh, thanks to food inspection, we're off to a dark start. I'll tell you this, when I hear if you give a mouse a cookie, I think of the actual kids books. I think of my mom reading these, well, I think probably just the first kids book to me when I was real young, real little. Um, I was born in 83, so this is probably like prime time to get these books. I'll be honest, I don't remember really? this book. And I have two young nieces now, and I, I read some books to them when I saw them over Thanksgiving, and this was not one of the ones that was up on the How table. How old are they? So I'm kind of... Uh, f- like 14 months and uh, three years old. Oh, yeah. I mean, the three-year-old's probably, probably yeah, pretty this good. Yeah, like, this is like prime, prime time for yeah, her. I did like logic, logic puzzle stuff. Yeah. I did read her a, uh, a book that had a mouse in it, but it was a mouse as a ballerina. Makes sense. Yeah. We had a pig who's a, 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 an attempting to be a ballerina in this one, but spoiler <laughs> alert. We're not there yet. What I love about this, okay, so I only ever heard if you give a mouse a cookie. I had my mom read me that when I was little. There's like if you give a pig a pancake, if you give a dog a donut, if you give a moose a muffin, if you give a cat a cupcake or something. There's a whole series of these things. Um, are you are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's where, where all these characters <clears throat> came from? That's where all the animals come from. Yeah, come from all those. And it's kind of cool because wow, it, it man. sets up the stories for little kids. Like it's an if-then scenario, right? So it's a very, very basic logic puzzle but the series kind of has to blow it up a little bit bigger than that so they add a lot more kind of like plot and narrative and crazy stuff to it <clears throat> and those adventures kind of spiral out beyond just the if then scenario but like you mentioned the circular tale these usually start one way like if you give a mouse a cookie he's gonna something else but it always comes back around to the beginning um of where they started oh, so that way the kids okay. can just be like again and hit you over the head with a frying pan and that's how that works what? What has been your experience with From kids? dinosaurs. Oh, <laughs> not the mama. Exactly. A throwback to 1996, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. I, I guess I didn't realize 
that it was a whole series of different logic books, but I'm glad that they're trying to get yeah. kids in on that steam track of learning right. uh, with intro to programming as a part of if you give uh, a mouse a cookie with some conditional logic. So congratulations, future software developers. I'm excited to be among your ranks. It's good work. It's a good start. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's about right. as, as far as it goes. It doesn't progress <laughs> much more uh, intellectually from there. It's just fun. It's fun for a little kid story. So we're talking about the 2016 Christmas special tonight. And here's right. a little bit about what that's about. So if it's holiday time and Mouse's house, then that means Christmas cookies, including a special one for Santa, of course, caroling, and one nearly destroyed holiday pageant are on the way. Can Mouse and his animal friends save the show without getting utterly distracted along the way? It's a wild ride as Mouse and his friends embody the friendship and caring at the heart of the holiday season. Coming to a Hallmark channel near you. Just kidding, it's only on Amazon. Aww. And they will hold on to this <laughs> clause for the rest of their lives. Forever. Forever. This, I think, the confusing portion of this is that there are these animals that are living side by side with humans yes. and they're anthropomorphic and they can speak. But at the same time, there's only this handful of these five that are part of these logical if-then statements? Yeah, it seems that way. I actually had a chance to talk to the uh, executive producer and writer, Ken Scarborough. And he's... he's Ooh, do, yeah, I know. Do Everybody's tell, do tell. Really champing at the bit. He, um, you know, he championed this back in, what, 2015 for the pilot? It was probably 2014 when he was actually working on it. And has been with it through their pilot process that you're probably familiar with from Amazon, the Christmas special, and now the new series that's out. And he basically said that they had to go from, you know, just just the mouse and his his human pal. They had to like expand the cast, expand the story a little bit. So yeah, they're just kind of focused on like this this five core groups of animal friends who, in his words, the the animals are kind of like the children of the children. So the kids are kind of they're old enough, they're mature enough, they know enough things that they can kind of watch out for the animals and kind of like teach them lessons. So it's interesting as a kid watching this, like who do you, who do you gravitate towards? Like do you, do you, you know, are you going to like all the animal characters and see yourself in them? Or are you going to see yourself as sort of their caretakers and as their, uh, their older brothers kind of thing, their older friends? I mean, I, 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 I kind of had to bucket a lot of the people that were in here into three distinct okay. buckets what, what buckets for myself. Uh, one of them are the the animals who seem to get distracted at every yeah. turn. Uh, the next is Oliver all by himself because that man has an enormous amount of chill oh, yeah. and everything that happens, he's like, <laughs> oh, mouse, it's okay. Don't worry. We'll figure it out. so frustrated and, on his behalf. And I realized that Oliver oh. is a better man than I. And I, I think that the third and final bucket are all the background adult characters that show up and don't say a single yep. word, but like look you square in the eye and kind of nod their head, but they're secretly judging you the entire time. That's the bucket I identify Okay, that with. makes a lot more sense. I think I'm probably, yeah. I'm not in any of these buckets. I'm bucketless. I guess I'm a dead-eyed That's adult. That's okay. Damn it. I mean, you could have a fourth bucket that's the teacher who is like, Highly organized and sort of orchestrating also everything, and doesn't know really what's going on. That sounds like me. That sounds one hundred percent. Yeah, like me. <laughs> I didn't want to best. telegraph it, but at the same time, <laughs> the more I talked it out, the more I'm like, yeah, that's 
Oh, we came to that conclusion yeah, together. Yeah, I'm sad about <laughs> it. Um, okay, yeah. before we get too much into the show tonight, though, uh, we always start with a theme song. And this one is super special because it's not just one theme song. This is kind of a musical episode with a bunch of uh, Christmas and holiday music. But there's an even more especial uh, little flavor to this. So what else is going on with the music for if you give a mouse a Christmas cookie? If you, well, <clears throat> Cookie yeah, Mouse. Just, let's Cookie we'll Mouse. Just shorten, I almost we'll called him Christmas Mouse, cookie but mouse. that was a whole different thing. Just, just, yeah, just yeah. Cookie Mouse has a fantastic earworm mm. of a musical theme song intro that is written and sung by Lisa Loeb. Guys, yeah, I know. You, you know, some say, you know, you hear, you only hear what Don't you want, Dave. No, I won't. Don't worry. Uh, Lisa Loeb sings this, and it is it is delightful and it is fun. Uh, there's a lot of sort of non-specific Christmas celebratory comments that yeah. are in it that don't denote a specific religious denomination, which is kind of nice yeah. to see. I think the thing that was delightful and fun about this is that they had a message about holiday cheer and decoration that was not specific to any particular celebration, to a Hanukkah, Christmas, or Kwanzaa that they have uh, throughout the month of December. And so these things were sort of all-inclusive, and it was nice because they had some little nods to some of those specific celebrations that we have during the month. Uh, but it wasn't too overwhelming. A lot of it was very nice, simple nods. Yeah, there's jingle bells in the back uh, of the whole And the thing. theme song kind yeah, of yeah, complemented yeah. that. I mean, it is, right. it is you know, give so. a mouse a Christmas cookie. So obviously the main family is going to be celebrating Christmas and it's going to be Christmas focused. But the fact that they're like, hey, you know, it's not just Christmas. There's other stuff going on too. It's not, it's not, they don't hit you over the head with it. But they're also not like trying to exclude everything else but Christmas at the same time. In other words, it's like real life. You know, people celebrate Christmas, people celebrate other stuff. So it's all part of it. I mean, that portion when they reenacted the scene in the manger and they had Mouse play Baby Jesus, I was like, yeah, was this might much. be overboard. That doesn't happen. No, I'm kidding. That never happened. <laughs> deleted scene. Don't worry. If you got, if you got upset about <clears throat> us saying that, then and you're going to die angry. Why are you even listening to this show? <laughs> who gives a shit? <laughs> Not the show for you. Pick one of the other 181 episodes. Maybe you should another shot. Uh, but no, the, the music I thought was, it was nice. It was very catchy. There are jingle bells kind of jangling in the background throughout the whole thing, but it's basically just like a jingle bell background, a little acoustic guitar and some piano riffs through it. And it's just, just a very cute song. And we kind of see, you know, we're introduced to this town. It's definitely winter. It's kind of everything snow covered and people are hanging decorations. And it's just kind of, it's just a cute intro to the whole thing. It gives you a really nice look at the, um, the animation style, which we'll talk about in a second. So you can kind of get used to that for uh, before you dive into the show itself. You get a glimpse of that. Um, yeah, right. it's Lisa Loeb. And she did, I think, uh, the arrangements for most of the, if not all of the music in this. There is a lot of Christmas music. So like the heavy lifting's already been done, Lisa. But for the most part, the original songs and stuff, she does a great job. <laughs> I hope she's listening. <laughs> I just like that you're calling her out Come on, on this. Lisa. Like, Come on, Lisa. Sorry, get it together, Lisa. Yeah, I, I've been yep. singing and humming this theme song since I began listening to yeah. this episode. <laughs> yeah, this theme song, like it is, it is stuck in my head. I will be singing it probably. The, for the, the cute next thing about it hours. is, like, if you if you read the books, 
then, there's your if then, uh, this will this will be in your <laughs> mind for like years and years and years because it's such a simple conceit if you give a mouse a cookie. And then she incorporates that into the song. So she's just not saying that over and over again, like the title of the song just being driven into your head. She's, you know, she says it and then it's kind of a cute kind of like way to tease you into the, the show itself. Like if you give a mouse a cookie, wait till you see what happens next. Something like that. So it's kind of a cute way to tie the title in, but also lead into the show itself, which I thought was good, especially for a kid's show. Did a good job. Yeah. Good job, Lisa. Giving you a hard time. All right. Anything else Absolutely. from music? Uh, how about music overall? Because it does pop up quite a bit in the show. So before we jump to anything else, how do you feel about the music uh, the rest of the show? Yeah. I thought it was enjoyable. I mean, I'm trying to get a little bit more sure. into the holiday season right now. And so this served as a, a pleasant bridge to kind of guide me over my humbuggery? sort of yeah. post Thanksgiving. Yeah. My humbuggery from like post Thanksgiving and Halloween into something that's a little bit more imaginative, yeah. delightful yeah, and, and fanciful. Um, I, there were like the kind of the traditional carols in this one. There were some original songs too. the, the animals are all hanging out, just kind of singing a song before they go over to meet, um, meet Oliver and mouse for some Christmas cookies. That was cute. <laughs> I loved at the end, there's supposed to be like a spontaneous thing where uh, one of the animal creatures kind of takes over a show, takes over a musical performance. And all these kids, like the grade school kids, it looks like they're doing like improv, but they happen to improv like songs from the Nutcracker. Like, I don't know if I would have been able to do that when I was like six, yeah. seven years old. Just be like, oh yeah, I can 100% play the dance of the Sugar <laughs> Plum Fairy on this flute. Uh, I like yep. that. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I thought it was fun to just get cat to sort of like play like those first like yeah. six or seven notes of dance of the sugar plum fairy and then suddenly have all the kids look at him oh, like wide-eyed like oh <laughs> i've been this practicing this on the slide can't wait knew, but somehow we all did it together <laughs> <laughs> especially oh, the kid was, on the triangle he's like this is my time move. to shine it was cute though but no the uh, music throughout is fun i mean especially because it's like yeah. it's kind of a sing-along for the little kids and stuff at home so it's kind of nice uh, and then, yeah, the, just yeah. the traditional uh, Christmas carols that, that are there throughout, too. You got your Silent Night, you got your Nutcracker Suite, all kinds of good stuff. What did you think about that music behind that Poetry Slam? Well, it was slam. Silent Night, so I thought it was fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poetry Slam a little was, less. That's how I want all, that's how I want all my Poetry <laughs> Slams a bunch to... Of kids dressed as snowflakes. <laughs> to, yeah. to be scored with. Just humming <laughs> Silent Night, no matter what time of year. <laughs> All right, let's get into animation style because I think there's a bit to uh, talk about here. I'm curious to know what you thought of how this thing looks. Again, I, I had to bucket it into a couple different pieces. There were some that was very traditional, hand-drawn, solid, shaded animation. The second portion of it was what looked like, and I had to look this up to actually see some of the, the drawing yes. from the original book, but trying to capture the animation style for some of these main characters that we've talked about, like pig, kitten, dog, uh, mouse, especially. Uh, so you're kind of seeing a lot of the influences of the original art being infused into the show. And it's, it's interesting because it can sometimes be really wonderful to kind of see, especially on Cat. Mm -hmm. I think Cat's face had a lot of the distinct animation for me that I kept looking at over and over and over again. And mm -hmm. Oliver's hair for some reason had like interesting shading to it. I thought it was fun. It, it just, 
there were times when that singular character was sort of yep. in center view and everything else was just sort of the traditional animated style that it really kind of set itself apart and made that character Definitely. pop or come into the foreground. It wasn't off-putting, but I, I, I enjoyed it. It was something different. And I liked the fact that they tried to grab some of the influences from the Yeah, I think that was work. my main takeaway from this is that I like how closely it looks like a paper illustration. Like not just that they match the character yeah. designs and color and, and things like that, but it looks like if one of these books came to life and they, they literally animated a page from the book, what would it look like with today's technology? And that's kind of what it looks like. It looks like a paper cutout kind of on a, on a real background, which is kind of neat. Well, you know what they say, if you give a cat a crayon. You go on. Then he'll oh, make wow. an Amazon Prime this show. made by an actual cat with a crayon. Yeah, yeah, that's how, that's that's how this works. Been, Animation studios are weird. Years. It was that simple. <laughs> but no, I, I love it. You could have given your cat a crayon at any time. probably just shit it out. So, uh, it's a whole other mess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love the illustrations. I love the style of it. I actually really like how fluid, that is a terrible follow-up to cat shit comment. But I love how fluid the <laughs> animation is through this thing, especially in the in the opening because we get to see Mouse kind of like running from his little uh, his little bed area and making his way downstairs, and he gets to do that through a number of kind of really fun little mini sequences that show off the animation, the environment, the setting that he's in. Very, very, very colorful and fairly well detailed backgrounds. It's not just kind of like smears of like watercolor or whatever in the background, like. You get to see wallpaper, you get to see uh, decoration, you get to see lights hung, you get to see you know, stuff on the floor in the kids' room, toys, all kinds of fun stuff. And the, the thing I really liked about it is that they handled scale really well. And that's tough to do because you've got Mouse, who's only, you know, two apples high or whatever. You've got the kid, Oliver, who's a regular kid size. And then all the other animals are various sizes. So most of them are bigger than Mouse, but smaller than Oliver. Moose is huge. He's about the, as big as the, the adults that are walking around. And you've got adults in this place too. So you have to frame the rooms and the houses and the streets and everything like a normal house or room or street. It's got to look practical. It's got to make sense for that setting. Everything's not just on like a miniature scale. So Mouse is like just this tiny little mouse sitting on a cupboard. But I love when they have shots of like Mouse in the foreground, Oliver in the background standing back in the kitchen, but it looks like they're, you know, kind of on the same footing, kind of similar size when they're talking to each other. And there's a lot of really subtle shots like that right. throughout that they, they have a really fun time with the scale of things and having Mouse live in a human-sized world. I thought it was pretty neat. Even just some of the moments where you have yeah. Moose holding yeah. Mouse in his hand and he's just this <laughs> oh. giant Moose knuckle just holding the... Sorry. Wow, oh, come on! He's just got this giant... It's literally, it's uh, what it, it, yeah. That's what it is. It's a it's, Paw, it's Moose say. knuckle. And so he's all hand hoof. Can you eat moose? Uh, I, Penny. I mean, I guess you can eat anything. I guess you know. Again, uh, so he, yeah, he's holding him in his hand, and it's it's kind of fun to see the the difference of size. They almost tread dangerously close to sort of some weird ratatouille yeah. moments with mouse on top <laughs> yes. of people's heads. And then possibly under people's hats. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. We've mm. already done this show. It was fantastic. Please <laughs> don't do it again. Let's talk about, let's Please talk about 
hygiene for a moment before we get into the plot of this thing or the characters themselves. <clears throat> How uncomfortable does this make you feel? Uh, on a scale from normal to bubonic poor, mm-hmm. to bubonic plague, uh, this is like Lysol the kitchen several times. That's it though. For me. Oh, like your own kitchen, like uh, like in the real world. After watching this cartoon, like you clean yeah, your own kitchen. Yeah, in the real world, Got in my own okay. kitchen. Yes, correct. Yeah, I mean the the kid yeah. is kind of hanging out with a mouse the entire time, um, and they're not just like palling around out in the world. I mean they're like making food together and. And I don't know. It was just a little, I know it's a kid's show and it's cute. It's super fun and everything. But there were moments where I was just like, you probably shouldn't have that dirty ass mouse on your kitchen counter when you're making Christmas cookies. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're like, there were moments when Oliver and Mouse are like, he's holding him close to his face and they're kind of like yeah. snuggling together. He's like rubbing him against his face. And I know, I know in my brain, I'm like, oh, that's a right. cute moment. But but in but his but trousers in, are in my because he's yeah, in, in in my <laughs> in in my garbage uh, sarcastic uh, nihilistic uh, Sean brain I'm like get that fucking dirty mouse away from you I don't know about you but I had mice as a pet Did you? growing Actually, up I'm like mice yeah I I had I had we had three mice. Uh, and it turned out that we had one male and two female, and uh, and then suddenly we had a dozen mice, and uh, shortly thereafter, uh, their kids. Then we had about maybe twenty four mice, uh, and then um, it was just it was just bad. Um, I I I have a very distinct memory of my dad having to explain to me. He's like, so I've been feeding them the normal amount. And I've been increasing it, obviously, as their family's been growing. He's like, but sometimes uh, they get really hungry. And I'm like, what? okay. He's like, they ate, they ate some of their own. Oh, and I was okay. like, what? And that was because I was counting them. And I was like, oh, there's, are we missing two or three? And my dad's like, no. I mean, Technically, yes. yes. In pieces of them are there. Kind of, so no. I didn't know where this was going to go. I thought we were going to have opposite stories, but we have strikingly similar stories. I didn't have Uh-oh. mice. We found what apparently was what's called a dwarf Russian hamster. I know, bizarre. <laughs> Just running around in like the uh, the gutter outside of our street, outside of our house, in the street. Just random. And my dad... How... I- I didn't think hamsters could be the out in the it wild. Like it must have been somebody's pet, and it just somehow got loose, and it just ended up Jesus. in the alley, like right in front of our house. My dad scooped it up. The only thing I had there at the time was this little, uh, this little like carrying thing. So we put it in that, and then I basically like had an old fish tank that it wasn't being used. It was just yeah. dry old fish tank. So we put the thing in there, put some bedding down, and everything. A week, maybe a week later, and it was by itself. It was one little hamster by itself. So I was like, okay, cool. I got a hamster now. That's weird, I guess. A, uh, like about a week <laughs> later, I wake up to this like tiny little like squeaking sound. I was like, what the shit? And I looked over, and in the aquarium is the little, apparently, mama hamster and like six or eight little tiny, like the size of like a Pez, uh, little babies. So I was like, oh, that's super oh, cool. Wow. So I went and got my mom and dad and showed them whatever. The next morning I woke up, I did not hear any squeaking. I went over to the aquarium 
The mom oh, was still there, and then there was just no. blood-covered, like, uh, like the sawdust, the shavings, in in the bed of the aquarium. Jesus. I was just like, holy shit. I don't remember how old I was. Probably, like, 12 or 13, so it wasn't quite as bad. I was just like, ah, well, I guess she ate all the children. So, like, one day I'm just like, the hamster had babies. And next day I'm like, the hamster ate all the babies. That's a really <laughs> fucked up day. You had, you had a question? No, no, I had a, uh, I had, I had a, I guess the final, I I liked hamsters when I was growing up and I had a bunch of them. So I I had this distinct moment of going to a mall Mm. in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and we bought a hamster and they they would put them in these like corrugated cardboard. They looked like McDonald's Happy Meal containers that they would put them in. And it was inside one of those and then inside a plastic bag. Oh God. Uh, I, I know it was it was weird, but they had it. They put it like they put the plastic. The, you wouldn't hold the plastic bag and tie <laughs> just it shut. Close it, and, but they put and it. Test them yeah, for just cinch it and be like, I wonder how long they can. How long? Uh, no, no, I don't, don't even want to continue. With that. That's fucked up. up. This is Jesus. a dark episode. I apologize if you are this is a, a if dark you are a episode. A child who has stumbled Ooh. into this unknowing. Huh. Feel free to turn it off now. It's too late for you, but Jeez. definitely too late for us. <clears throat> the hamster that we had bit out of the Happy Meal container, bit out of the plastic bag, crawled up the bag, and bit my mom in the webbing of her hand. And she started bleeding all over a CVS, like, profusely. (laughs) Like, oh my God. And and she screamed and, like, flung her hand, which sends the hamster, like, flying. And those things are, like, unbelievably indestructible and so like it hit the ground did like a did like a a perfect dismount sort of somersault at the very end and somebody managed to capture it and put it back oh, in the wow. thing but like we went back to the pet store in the mall and we're just like nope we are returning these <laughs> these, these are not coming home with That's us crazy i mean we've had all <sighs> kind of pets but I've, not, I've never had any incidents like that cannibalistic just pets the, just the one pan, uh, cannibalistic dwarf russian hamster same a terrifying thing easy was. but luckily and if you uh, give a mouse a christmas cookie it does not end with he will turn into a cannibal and eat his young so that's good news maybe the halloween special will go that dark um everyone there is so much delightful stuff in this really cartoon is. that is in no way shape or form based off of the experiences that dave and i have had with pets we're not doing up. it justice Let's uh, let's let's get into each of the characters as we talk about the plot points tonight because I think each of the characters kind of sure. they only really reveal themselves uh, and their personalities as they're kind of like in action. You know, you kind of get sure. a look at each yeah, of them. Let's do it. So we mentioned early uh, earlier that Mouse, when he wakes up, he smells the Christmas cookies baking, so he has a really fun way of getting downstairs. He like busts out of his little bed, which is just like this little tiny little blanket. Um, it's super cute. I love things that are like like for scale like that. So if he had like a little shoe or something that would be like his bed, I always think stuff like that's super cute because it kind of takes me back to childhood, right? When you're using stuff for like your action figures or whatever to try to like yeah yeah. So he what is he? He goes through some kind of like Rube Goldberg style. Oh no! So he yeah. parkours <laughs> and then he. <laughs> Bar- like Ringling Brothers and He's Barnum like and Bailey trapezes yeah. himself into a Rube yes. Goldberg device that then allows him to continue to parkour downstairs. The entire first two minutes <laughs> yeah. of this show, if you're curious what it sounds like, 
close your eyes right now. Yeah, Hopefully, if you're not driving, if you are, pull over. <laughs> pull over. This is very but important. This, please pull over. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is very very important. These are the sounds for the first two minutes. Ah, ah, ah. And that's it. That's it. That's the only sound. It's weird. I just watched a video like that before we started the podcast tonight. Yeah, that's uh, that's the what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> but that's the entire two, like first two minutes of this show is him parkouring, trapezing, Rube Goldberg, further parkouring <laughs> him way down his way downstairs, and he is just continuing to just make giggle. Like giggle circus jumps. noises the entire Gig, yeah, way down. Giggle, giggle jumps, jumps and circus just, noises just, is what he does. Imagine, giggle, giggle jumps so you want to be a voice actor. <laughs> this is your first day on the job. Yep. Giggle jumps and circus noises is all you get to do. Giggle jumps. Mm. He's great at giggling. Uh, he, he giggles a lot. He's Look, Mouse is a very fun-loving, kind of like freewheeling character. If he sees something that looks fun, he's going to do it. Doesn't matter what else is going on at the time. It, it's not as bad as like, oh, that's a shiny thing. I need to check it out. It's more like, that looks like a really fun event or something I really like to do. So let's go do that now. And just like completely sidetracks whatever he was doing before. So I thought it was a fun way for him to kind of get downstairs because they made that into something that could have just been boring, right? If he just opened the door, walked out and like slid down the banister, like that's fine. I've seen home alone, but like this is a way (laughs) more fun way for him to get downstairs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even if he's giggling and circus jumping or whatever uh, the whole way. He's just giggle jumping, giggle jumping. <laughs> just giggle jumping the whole way. But then we oh. get our. Yeah. I actually, I had to stop the show at the like at the point where he finally got in the kitchen. I was like, "How long have I heard him giggle <laughs> jump for?" Oh, over two minutes. Giggle jumping, Lisa Loeb singing in the background. Um, but then we yep. get our first introduction to Oliver, who is a very this kid. I don't know how old he's supposed to be, but he is very mature for his age. Oh yeah. I don't yeah. think I was baking cookies by myself without parental supervision until I was maybe. 10 or 12 at the earliest? I don't think... My parents would not let me around an yeah. oven until that point because they continued to to loom the threat over top of me of you'll yeah. burn the house down if or you yourself. use the oven. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I, don't under, I don't think you understand how ovens actually work. Like, I put food into it on a baking you know, sheet and then food comes you know, out hot. For 34 years, That's... I've been pretty good with kitchen safety for the first time in my life i managed to set uh, a stove top on fire the other day what the, the worst part it's an electric dude. stove oh come I on set an electric dude burner on fire the other day how did you <laughs> and i just kind of stood there staring at the flames oh. like this really doesn't compute i'm not 100 percent sure how to handle this oh i thought you were just staring at it and being like Hello, darkness. Yeah, just my holding my palm friend. over it for as long as yeah. I possibly could. <laughs> oh, golly, Jesus. this is a dark app. Whoa. Whoa. Now everything's fine. I'm living, <laughs> Guys. Uh, I'm, I'm living with some friends now. Now everything's fine. So, is everybody ready <laughs> for the holidays? <laughs> Practice kitchen Get safety. Get ready. Go test that fire extinguisher. You never know when you might need it. Jesus. But no, this kid, like, I think as, as soon as I was able to comfortably, like, reach and be taller than the stove or the countertop, so you wouldn't have to, like, you know, hold a blender from down below the counter, then I could make this stuff. And this kid is probably that age, but he's very accomplished. Like he he is calm. He is level headed. He's very cool when he talks to Mouse and like he he takes his kind of like crazy energy and stride and like calms him down and keeps him focused. Understanding, yeah. empathetic, uh, incredibly reasonable and level headed. 
and at whatever age he's at, I wish that I was at yeah. that point now That's in crazy. my life. Because like, if this mouse, uh. look, this mouse comes in, he's like, "What are you doing? Making cookies? These are they're not round cookies." Like, he's like really upset that they're like weirdly shaped cookies. And Oliver just kind of laughs. He's like, "Oh, mouse! It's because they're Christmas cookies." And then they go through all the shapes and everything, which is super cute. But Mouse is just kind of like he's the child. Remember that Mouse and his animal friends—they're the children in this scenario. So everything is like new and confusing and bright and shiny to them. And their id is like the thing that needs to be satisfied. So he's like, "Cool! I just ran through all these cookie shapes. I want a cookie." And if you give a mouse a cookie, yeah, he's gonna have, have to have a. Then he's gonna have to have a glass of milk. Gotta do. So that leads us to our first kind of like montage. The those two are making cookies, which again leads to some hygiene issues, especially when Mouse is like completely submerged in a pile of flour (laughs) that is eventually going to be used to make the cookies. I was kind of crawly the whole time. No, that wasn't even the part that I was freaked. I wasn't freaked out about that. I was freaked out about him ice skating on the baking tray and the butter. But that that at least was butter, right? Because it's like that. His little mouse feet and his mouse heat. They're going to melt them butter pads and get it all. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Did you just say that it was practical to use a mouse in the yeah, kitchen? Like, like a as, a, as a kitchen aid a, tool? a pan greaser. I don't know what the problem is with this. Oh, Dave. Dave, Dave, Dave. That's what I do. Dave, Dave, Dave. You take oh. a mouse out of the what? pack. <laughs> put his little feet on Wait, the Wait, butter- hold on. Did your kitchen stovetop light on fire because you let a mouse, mouse cook? Running across the stovetop. Did you let a mouse cook in your that. kitchen? <laughs> it may have led to a grease fire, but. Uh, if you get, uh, you know, if you give a mouse a, if a you give foot. a mouse yeah. a match. It's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, no, it's, so it's, it's this cute little montage for God. them. And it also brings the rest of the friends over, right? So all the other animal friends are out there caroling or, uh, what were Dog and, and his buddy doing? They were building a snowman. They're just like playing out in the snow. Yeah, they were they were building a snowman. Yeah, so they all head over to Oliver's house, which is super cute. You get everybody all together at the same time. Here's a good place to talk about the different characters. So who kind of stood out to you for whatever reason? Uh, dog. Okay, Because why? he looks like a pile of lumpy mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh, poor dog. <laughs> he's a, so he's a white dog with, I think, what, one brown spot around his eye? One and then eye. he's got like some brown spots like on his on his body. Yes, <laughs> poor dog. Yeah. yeah, he's a little slow. He's dog's a little slow. He needs a lot of attention. Let's put he it that way. He does need attention, but he's very loyal, I guess. Probably because dog. Yeah, I, I I could see him being. He's a very uh, he's a very baselined character. Yeah, he's not he's not uh he's not too crazy or eccentric or impulsive like Mouse. Right, right. right. Uh, yeah, he's a little he's, more low key. But he's not somebody who's also like going to go out of their way like cat uh, to do something. He's like, if you're looking for take the initiative, yeah. If you're looking for a real even middle of the road character, lumpy mashed potato dog. Oh, poor dog. Uh, I did like Cat for that reason though, because Cat was kind of like a go getter, take charge. These guys will eventually screw something up pretty majorly, and Cat not only tells each of them what to do, but also takes charge of the situation to help kind of put things right. Also, Cat gets a really cool uh, inspirational moment at the end of this whole thing, which was really yeah. nice too. So Cat, Cat would honestly be like the leader of the bunch that just doesn't have the recognition or the name and the title for whatever reason. Um, for me, probably Moose was like the weirdest character. It just seems like a weird character to pair up with the rest of these, but it was also fun. And there's like weird things. Uh, so I guess from the books, the Moose was a fan of knitting. Oh, really? I guess that was the thing from the books. Yeah. 
So you see a moose knitting uh, early on in this one, and then they kind of like throw that aside, and moose and mouse pair up for the rest of the episode. Did you know moose and mouse are voiced by the same actor? I did, yes. Isn't that cool? Uh, he voices uh, a ton of stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was kind of, it was weird to sort of hear his voice and immediately just be like, I'm pretty sure that that actor, uh, who we're talking about, Roger Craig Smith, yeah. has done tons and tons of other stuff. It's just a very recognizable voice. It is, but I thought it was fun that he was doing Moose and Mouse. And I think uh, Scarborough said that sometimes he would do them he would read the page, page of dialogue and just alternate back and forth because oh there's a lot God. of dialogue between Moose and Mouse and he just flipped them back and forth rather than to do two different read-throughs. So I thought that was pretty neat. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, if you can do circus jumps and giggles. Giggle jumps? What was it? Circus giggle, noises giggle, and giggle jumps. Yeah, circle noises and giggle jumps. <laughs> if you can do I that, mean, you, can, you can alternate voices. I mean, uh, Roger, Roger Craig Smith, he, yeah. he does Batman on Batman Unlimited. He does Captain America on Avengers Assemble. He does uh, Assassin's Creed 2. I think he's uh, Izo or Ezio. I don't know, but doesn't he do a bunch of voices or a couple of voices on like Family Guy, American Dad? Yeah, he, he does. Uh, what was it? Uh, Star versus the For- or Star versus the oh, Forces yeah, okay. of Evil. He, he's got a lot. Um, Sonic a Boom. Lot. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's on even like the the feature film uh, the Star that's out right now. Oh yeah, okay. He's a voice. Yeah, in that. yeah, he's a voice in that as well. Man, we gotta get into voice acting, bro. Jeez, we gotta get there. I gotta work on my circus giggles. I've been working on my Cookie Mouse, so don't you yes, worry. Yes, you have. Speaking of Cookie Mouse, <laughs> oh boy! So all the it's gonna haunt my dreams. Yeah, all is the, it? All the animal friends are over at Oliver's house, but it turns out Oliver can't stick around and hang out with everybody. Him and the other kids, they got places to be. What's going on in town? Uh, they have a they have a big rehearsal for a show that they're doing later that night, and so uh, they're they're doing some type of a, a musical theatrical experience that evening at the school and so they have a, a final dress and tech rehearsal that they have to attend the entire time that oliver is getting ready to leave mouse is very like what are, what are you doing like can i can i come and check it out like he's like borderline I... curious slash nosy i don't know which uh, yeah way he's kind of like yeah no he's very nosy he's very nosy he's very nosy to the point that he even gets trapped in the oliver's backpack yeah. and rides along to school with him because of how nosy he is, and then leaves all the other animals in Oliver's kitchen. Yeah. Presumably Oliver's mom is just hanging out with a bunch of animals the, the entire time. The only time we see Oliver's mom is when literally they have made and cut out all these cookies, done the whole process. I'm assuming she put them in the oven, but she comes in, opens the oven with the oven mitt, and then pulls them out and sets them on the counter and then just leaves without a word. So there's her son with a mouse and a bunch of other animals chilling in the kitchen, and uh, she just pieces out without a word i, I don't even s- think takes this kid to school doesn't ask him like do you have your antlers do you have your book bag are you ready to go so that was the one so one i think that the mom i can sympathize with her because she's like i'm tired of cleaning up after these animals after that come into my mouse. kitchen and shit all over the place <laughs> these animals just shit I'm where they walk sick, and i'm tired i'm of sick it. and tired of that and did you think of that it was at least a little bit rude that oliver is running around his house looking for a pair of antlers and he has a moose that's sitting and standing in his kitchen there, I was like, that seems like some weird, because he's putting on like a headdress that has moose antlers. I was like, that feels like possibly some weird cultural appropriation that I I'm thought not you aware were saying, of. I thought you were saying like, isn't it weird that he's looking for antlers when moose is right there? And he he should have just cut, cut off. 
<laughs> no, I that's was where just my like, brain went. I was like, that's really that felt very kind of rude that he's just like, oh, I'm gonna go look for these antlers, these fake antlers that I Ooh. need. Uh, Bullwinkle standing over there in the corner. Yeah, exactly. Real upset about it. Oh, it just but I think weird. they were technically. I think they were reindeer antlers, so I think they're oh. kind of just distant cousins. So they should be okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but this is like the only time we see Oliver flustered, which was weird because it's like the only time he's upset is when he's late for an appointment kind of thing. He seems a little high strung. I'm a little concerned for Oliver. He might be like a an overachiever. He might need to cool it a little bit. Or he might just be somebody who takes things well in strides, but then kind of buries and represses all of his emotions about stuff. And one <laughs> one day he's just gonna snap. Like Mouse is gonna be something. He's like, well, you know, you give a mouse a cookie, and he's just gonna throw him against the wall. Oh my god! What this episode has gotten dark. Let's just embrace. How fucking dark this episode is right now, Dave. Okay, so this reminds me of, I think, the pilot for Good Doctor on, I want to say, ABC, which apparently I don't know why people are watching, but there's an amazing scene where I think it's Freddie Highmore uh, plays a an autistic doctor. That is not my words. That is the show's words. And his younger self had like a bunny. And I guess his dad got so upset with him. You don't want to be drinking while I tell you this story. His dad got so upset with him. He grabbed the bunny like by the head and just threw it over his shoulder at the wall and just smashed this bunny against the wall and kept talking to him. And somehow this is like the network's like number one rated new show of the season. I mean, it's must-see TV. Is it? I don't know if that's their cash line. That's incredible. That's so fucked up. So fucked up. We're going we're gonna to edit a clean version of this. It's only going to be 10 minutes long. Um, <laughs> it's going to be the intro and then the outro. And that's and that's it. it. Thanks for stopping by. All right. So Mouse heads to school with Oliver. Oliver finds him. How does he find him? How do we know that Mouse is there? Uh, we know that Mouse is there because he's in the backpack and they begin singing. And it's like, if a mouse hears a song, then he's got to sing along. And guess what? Uh, he is singing in the key of hot garbage because mm. he's way off. Everybody knows that it's him. As they're conducting this final song, they begin to hear somebody singing along in the background, and it is very distracting to the point where they have to stop production, yep. halt production, find out who's there, and just be like, Mouse, you got to get the hell out of here, buddy. <laughs> it, it was cute, though, because he was just like, oh, Mouse. He's just like, that's just my buddy Mouse. So he's kind of like making excuses for him at the same time, but he's like, yeah, you're going to have to go. The cute thing about <laughs> it was he Oliver keeps telling Mouse, like, look, we've got something special planned. We just need to rehearse and everything's going to be cool. You just wait. Just be patient and wait. And there's your lesson for the night. All he had to do is be patient, wait till the night of the show or wait till the hour that the show was going to air. And then he'd get to see everything that they had practiced and, and what Oliver had planned for him and all kinds of stuff. It would have been a boring day for us because we just get to see him sitting around but that's the lesson but it's incredible because there's nothing about mouse that says or that screams anything about impulse control he right. is so impulsive he is so reactive to everything and this whole terrible if then logic he just applies to everything in his life he's just like yes. well if there's a cookie i gotta get a glass of milk like if they're singing i gotta sing you know, if there's a mountain of snow, I gotta I gotta start doing cocaine. Like, there's just there's so much shit that happens in this where he's like, I I, I have to do this thing. It's like, no, you don't have to do any it's of this. A little neurotic. It's like caught between fun and and neuroses. Yeah. Yes. So I, you know, to to Oliver's point, 
he needs to be patient and he needs to understand how to wait for these good things that will come to him. It's yeah, not it's like be a nice surprise, right? It's not like Oliver's being a jerk and he's just like, oh, I'm hanging no, no. out with these other mice. These, <laughs> these other seen some mi- mice on the side. <laughs> seen some side mice. <laughs> what? <laughs> just putting some butter on their feet, letting them skate, <laughs> oh, making <geez>. some cookies. <laughs> the usual. But like he's not he's not saying anything negative or destructive about it. It's just I have this thing that I want to surprise you with. Please wait until tonight and I can show you everything and you will really enjoy it. Trust me. But at the yeah. same time, if Oliver really is such a good friend to Mouse, he would understand that Mouse has absolutely no <laughs> impulse control. Right. And he would just be like, you know what? I, I I did this thing, and it's about you, and you're going to love it, so just come to the rehearsals, and then uh, give me some notes and some feedback afterwards, because I want to make sure that this is all about you, buddy. But that is not what happens. What happens is the kids are having the rehearsal, the animals are kicked out, so of course, Mouse doesn't listen to what Oliver says. He needs to know what's going on. Hell or high water has to figure out what's going on, but they're locked outside. So they rig uh, basically a weird like three-headed snowman to, <laughs> to pile up the snow high enough so that he can peek in the window. The problem is, by the time it took him to do that, the kids are gone. Kids are on a bus and they're headed home. <laughs> the other good news, though, is that now <laughs> the animals can wander inside and check out what's going on. So it's, they've kind of got free reign to check out the, uh, the stage and see all the decorations and maybe even play a little piano with a menorah on it, maybe even do a little pig dance, whatever you want. Yeah. I, I... Have, you ever, have you ever done that? Been like on a stage that's all set up and have like the whole auditorium is like free there's like nobody there you can just kind of do whatever you want yeah i mean i've i've done a lot of theater and i've done a lot of acting and and musicals over my lifetime where i've definitely been in like full auditoriums or full stages or black box theaters where nobody's been there and i can kind of just do my own thing and it's it's nice it's freeing let me ask you this have you ever completely destroyed a production design and set decoration purely accidentally or intentionally i to to my knowledge no okay. i i am so uh because i know that so many hours and and time and i've spent so much time in my life uh focused on on that craft and doing work within that arena that any time that i could think to myself like oh i i should play with this or oh i can i could fuck around with this i I'm I'm scared of props masters. I'm scared of stage masters. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm scared of anybody who's there who is going to potentially just be like, "What are you doing? Knock that off! Don't ever touch that again." Uh, to the point where like I I I actually will not do that kind of stuff backstage, yeah. even if I'm alone, even if I have all the time in the world. So you wouldn't just like randomly ballerina dance across the stage? I no. I, I had a friend in a show that was in D.C where we were in a shared space and there was a uh, a production that was going on uh, that was coming up and they had built the sets for this other theatrical production and we were yeah. performing in their space okay on top of that set that was built and my friend Chris Ulrich got really excited at certain points <laughs> I love that you name dropped Yeah, I name dropped yeah. uh and he moved in a way where like he hit his head in something and like almost broke part of a set and almost put a nail through his head and Ooh. I was like, "What are you doing?" Like, ah, <laughs> I, 
I, I'm a total, I'm a, I'm a stage. I feel like I'm a stage dad without any kids. And I feel yeah. like other performers are just my children. I'm just like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't ever do that. Stop it. I get neurotic about that shit. Yeah. I mean, I've never really had any of those kind of experiences. So for this, essentially what we're all leading up to is the animals are all up there, but nobody's really watching them. So they're kind of having a fun time and they end up destroying the entire set. They knock over a stage lamp. They set the decorations on fire. The sprinklers go off. They soak everything. The candy canes, the decorations, the paint, the Christmas tree, it's all ruined. Everything's shot. So because Mouse has this impulse control problem and really need to know what was going on with this play that's going to arrive in a couple of hours, he basically ruined the entire thing for everybody. What's crazy is I don't, I didn't sense a whole lot of like remorse from him. Not Kat at in, all. Cat <laughs> jumps in and is like, that's fine. We'll fix it. Everything was very like positive, but at the same time, there was never like a moment for like, you done fucked up and you need to take a moment to recognize that you are responsible for this. Well, because they have at this moment, I think maybe the um, credo, motto, I, uh, main idea from this entire show is if there's a problem, then there has to be a solution. Right. Which is fine. But sure, but at the same time, if you're the problem, then what's the solution? <laughs> if a mouse is a problem, yeah, then you call an exterminator then you, then you put him on that ABC show with that kid, and then you just whip him at the back of a wall. Just, just whip him at a wall. Jeez. Um, so essentially, most of this, uh, this, this Christmas special, and it does run about 40 minutes, by the way. This is kind of like a, a, a double or even a triple special for this show. Um, most of the plot focuses on all the animals repairing the stage or at least trying to right so they need to go out and find decorations cat is left behind painting mouse and moose go out and try to find a tree all kinds of fun stuff so what what from that really jumps out at you um for whatever reason anything <laughs> i <laughs> the um the moment where mouse and moose are trying to purchase a christmas tree okay and mouse parkour climbs up this pole to get on the same like level the eye level as this human who is selling these christmas trees and they're just like we'd like this one and he's like all right well cash a charge and he's (laughs) like i don't know what those words mean (laughs) and he goes okay so how do you want to pay for the tree do you want to pay in cash or do you want to pay with a credit card and he's like i don't have either of those things or any money or a wallet and i was like okay let's (laughs) let's hard pause right now because when we started this entire adventure Mm -hmm. it began with a bunch of animals that were not mouse smelling the wafts of cookies and we definitely saw at one point that Moose was in a living room in a house with no supervision, which leads me to believe right. that he has the concept of fucking money, of finances, and possibly even a mortgage. Because love- <laughs> if, you how- give him, if you give a Moose a mortgage. <laughs> That's what I wanted. And so I, he's going to declare bankruptcy. He's probably very, very quickly. And it, they it's- are n- Moose, this isn't a, a specious thing or a racist thing. <laughs> Moose generally are just not good with money. Uh, but they... They're uh, just not. The, the TLDR of this is that they're, they're kind mm-hmm. of a shoot aside. They tell the story about why they want the tree. And it turns out yeah, that this guy... Story. It turns out that the guy who was 
going to sell them the tree was listening and he's just like that's that's the saddest story i've ever heard you know what you guys can have a tree you guys can have the biggest tree here i'm i'm gonna go call my mother and it's just Basically, i don't know what that's it would, almost like an, an exact exact reproduction of that guy's performance i because i've rehearsed that now several times and i've just thought that it was so it was it was funny it was a little sweet it was a little touching very predictable but at the same time like it it managed to sort of get the point across of just i don't understand the the point that it got across for me is that these are animals living in a human (laughs) world that don't understand money finances and that just expect just they have this terrible entitlement where these things are just going to fucking come to them and they're not going to have to deal with any repercussions and they're not going to have to do like you know if you give a mouse a college degree like it's just going to be one of those things where he's just like i'm not going to pay this loan back it's to me it was so difficult to watch at times because i was like this is not how the world works for most people the problem is that mouse reminds me and probably you of people that we've known in our lives where a they fuck everything up and then other people bail them out or just the, the world magically realigns for them so that they find their way out of the shit. Uh, it, this cartoon should not have frustrated me that much <laughs> or something like that because that's not what they're trying to say. Yeah. But when things like, you know, okay, so Mouse and his buddies destroyed the set. They're under a time crunch. They've got to get all this stuff back in place to either at least patch it up or at least make it look presentable before they ruin everything for all these kids who put all this hard work into it. (laughs) And they're, they're aware of it and they know that they've only got a few hours, but in the meantime, moose and mouse. And, and I think uh, I can't remember who else was with them at the time, but they go out and mouse sees an ice skating rink and he's like, we should go ice skating. I think it's dog, dog and pig at the same time. Yeah. It's, and they're all just like, it's all four, but cat. everybody except cat because cats doing the work. It drove me crazy because he's just like, eh, I know we got like, we screwed everything up. And we got like a bunch of stuff to do. We should probably take a break and go ice skating. And nobody asks, nobody says anything about it. Nobody's and, like a voice of reason. Moose is just scared because he's nervous about ice skating. That's and, it. And this is the entire, this action immediately happens after they have an entire conversation about time management and yeah. not understanding how long two hours is. Yeah. It was Mixed frustrating. Mixed messages, guys. Jesus. Mixed messages. Uh, I do like that at some point the moose, I think he sneezes and he gets completely covered in uh, snow from a, a, a roof of a barn. That, 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 was, your, that was your moment him. from the errand <clears throat> section of this that you were like, uh, I like it. it. No, no, no. I like it because when Oliver shows up to help, Oliver shows up, um, he's looking for Mouse. They tell him where Mouse was because they're trying to get a sled, right? They're trying to get a right. sleigh for the, uh, the show. But all the other kids and all the other animals are back at the, the play place now. And they're getting ready to go. They're getting ready to perform. But they're like, Oliver and Mouse, they're not here. We need to buy some time. Meanwhile, Oliver, chill as hell. It's Christmas Eve. (laughs) It's Christmas Eve. He's supposed to be at this play. Everything's been ruined. At some point, he even, he told Mouse earlier, because Mouse and his buddies tried to patch everything up, and it wasn't great, but they did their best. I think they used like their, their Christmas cookies as decorations and all kind of stuff. And Oliver even says to him, he's like, Mouse, even if you messed everything up, it's totally cool, man. The plague will still go on. It doesn't matter if we have all the best decorations or not. We're still going to do this play. So again, there's no like repercussions. There's no real lesson learned. He's just like, it's totally chill, man. Like It's going to be fine. Just ease up. It's fine. Oh, by the way, let's go dig moose out of the snow where you left them buried in an avalanche trying to find a sled. So Oliver and him are out there, and he's digging them out, and he says, Oliver says this, if your friend gets stuck in a barn on Christmas Eve, 
then you got to get them out no matter what. It's like, that's a great lesson. That's a great lesson. That's a great lesson. We'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, boy, anything else uh, jump out at you from, from this before we get to the end of uh, this episode here? No, it's, uh, oh, uh, there was the one line when they're, when they're about to purchase a Christmas tree and then they're, they're, they're bounced where Moose just goes, I <laughs> guess, I, he goes, I guess the lesson is that trees don't grow on trees. And I was like, Moose. Oh, oh, buddy. All right. Go back to knitting. Maybe he's in an assisted living home. I don't think that that's what that is. And if it is, why are they just letting him out? Because he smells other neighbors baking. That's... Maybe it's not a very secure assisted living home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> put an ankle Gosh. monitor on this guy. It's nuts. Yikes. On his, on his incredibly thin ankles. So eventually everything is fine. Uh, but Mouse, Oliver, and Moose... They, they're still not quite back at the play. So in order to buy time, we turn to Cat once again, who has a brilliant idea for what to do in order to buy more time for the gathered audience of roughly four or five strange adults who just came to watch this kid's play. Right. So, so what do we do to buy time? So you might remember that this whole sort of fiasco began when Pig decided to dance. And... Right. Uh, it was a ballet dance. I think she even said, like, it, it happened. She was like, I'll never dance again. Right. So she gets, uh, she she's she seems remorseful about what she's done. Yeah. A little More bit. More embarrassed, I think, yeah. than anything. Yeah. So this point, they need to stall for time in order to get Oliver to the to the theater. Yeah, he's, he's got the last kind of song, the last performance of the night. He's still in the process of digging out Moose, uh, but he's en route. And so they're like, we need to do something else. So Kat decides to do what we've talked about previously, the, the dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. Yeah. And this is where we have Pig, who a little bit hesitant to dance, but they realize that it's for Oliver. And so to be a good friend, and, they go out and they help. And Kat inspired her. Correct. Kat was like, you get out there and you dance and you dance like you never danced before. And you it was an interesting kind of like a very sweet moment between two of them, but like kind of intense. And that moment where it was like, I'm so excited and I just yeah. can't hide it. I was like, well, all right. Great. Yeah, this is good. I'm digging this. Yeah. Good job. Flash dance. Yeah. Flash dance pig. It was a good time. <laughs> flash dance so they, pig. Flash dance pig. They bought enough time uh, for Oliver to show up and to read his special surprise poem about his buddy. Yeah. Did you write it down? I didn't. I did not either. Because uh, nah. it wasn't it wasn't that great of a poem, to be honest, no, it great. was not that fantastic of a poem. But I'll say this: to the, close out your Christmas, yeah, pattern, right, kind of a weak ending there, guys. The poem wasn't great, but the sentiment, yes, behind it of uh, mouse is my mouse is my good friend, mouse is my best friend. Uh, you know, it it feels like Christmas every day when I'm around my good friend mouse. That resonated yeah. more than the actual uh, garbage poetry slam that we witnessed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was sweet, and it was also very frustrating because like, <laughs> that was the big thing that all Mouse had to do was chill for a couple of hours, and he would have had it. It would have been fine. But it's fine. Everything worked out fine anyway. The poor teacher who was in charge of the play will probably never sign up for that duty again because she, she about pulled her own hair out from that frustration but that's not it because guess what it's christmas eve which means after one more sleep <gasps> it's christmas morning yeah and if uh but if, what if, if what if a mouse can't sleep through the night because he's so excited uh, then he'll probably go downstairs and get a glass of milk 
Well, but if you give a mouse a glass of milk, then he's got to go. He's want a cookie. Then he's gonna he's gonna want a cookie. And guess what? What they used all the cookies as the ornaments for. Oh, shit. Uh, during the actual school production, so there are no more. Go, there are no more cookies. Or, Hold on, there's one more. Or are there? Or is them? Or is them? I don't know. <laughs> there's one more cookie. Yeah, but it's Santa's cookie. I feel like you just—that's like sacred. But you I should, feel like you leave that alone. But you should take like a little nibble. Like, what if you took a like little, a like a little nibble, little mouse nibble, like a mouse bite. Like a little. <laughs> Let's talk about hygiene again. Yeah, I know. Because here's where. Remember how Santa opened the show here and he was looking a little green? Yeah. And we went on to that whole diatribe about a Santa flu killing the species. So Mouse nibbles at the cookie and then lo and behold, Santa shows up and then he just extends his little paw out and Santa takes a bite of that same cookie. And then to make matters worse, they drink out of the same glass of milk. Two straws. Different straws though, so. Different straws, I guess, but the mouse has already been like swam and in that glass of milk. Oh, gross. Who knows <laughs> what's in that milk? It's, and who knows how long that milk's been sitting out? It's like avian bird flu now. It's like rodent flu is what yeah. I'm concerned about. Never thought that I was con- concerned about rodent flu before, but now it is top of my priorities. I am, I am less concerned about direct contraction of rodent flu and more concerned about uh, the transmission of rodent flu to a Santa carrier who will... On the night of Christmas Eve, in fact, roughly 70% of the population of Earth. I don't know if it's quite that high or not. <laughs> That's a lot of people who are going to have rodent flu in the morning for Christmas. Uh, truthfully, if I, I what... if I go upstairs and there is a mouse that is swimming around in my cashew milk, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I will burn that kitchen like you burn that stovetop. I will set it ablaze. <laughs> you will finish the job. Yeah. Um, no, nah, it was it was cute. I mean, it was a cute little moment. There was kind of like you know, with every Christmas story, it's kind of like Santa's here. It's it's a nice way to kind of end that. Yeah. Um, they didn't push it too far. They didn't go to like Christmas morning and see what happened with Oliver and his mom and whether or not his dad's there and Mouse and anything. Whoa, whoa! You got characters. real snide with what? that, buddy. I don't know what you're talking about. You got real snippy. Well, here's the thing. You creeping so, on that mom? I mean, you creeping on that mom? I mean, yo, what up, Mrs. Oliver? Yeah, Mrs. Oliver. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. The Mouse. Uh, let uh, let Dave know what your uh, your Twitter handle is. Let him slide in them DMs. Yeah, what, what are you up to? What are you doing this Christmas? Oh, Jesus. That's, God, that's super <laughs> weird. Hopefully, she'll survive the Santa flu. Uh, oh, Jesus. All right. This is about as bad as it's going to get. So, <laughs> any final thoughts before we get to recommendations tonight? I'm good, buddy. Yeah, I think I got nothing left. We've We've already... I wanted this to be a super clean, nice family-friendly podcast just didn't work out that way when is this in 182 uh, episodes when has this ever been a family-friendly podcast i thought we could have one one I just wanted one maybe but i didn't want it bad enough to make it you know what way. you know what Let, let's shoot for next week let's see if we can do next uh, week yeah i think we can do next week we got some more holiday theme stuff coming and then up. I think we and then manage. next week i'll always be like let's just shoot for the following week let's just shoot for next year yep 2018 the year that we do one family-friendly episode Maybe it'll be a special bonus episode. Yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, before we get to our recommendations tonight, I feel like maybe somebody else out there has something to say. Uh, hey guys, we obviously have opinions about the show, but before we get to review them, we are going to listen to you on the internet because guess what? You have opinions and we want to be respectful. To help us out, 
with uh, these opinions, uh, we are going to turn it over to Bobby Anthem for this week's Love It or Hate It. Bobby, take it away, buddy. Your Love It This Week was written by Frangelica on December 10th, 2016. She gave it five out of five stars, and this is titled, Heartwarming Joyous Animated Movie for All to Watch and Enjoy. She said, I love this animated holiday treat. I love the animation and the storyline and especially the poem spoken about Mouse. This movie warmed my heart and made me smile and laugh. It truly increased my joy for my favorite time of year, Christmas. Mouse is so adorable. And Your Hated was submitted by an Amazon customer on January 23rd, 2017, who gave it one out of five stars and called this one fake. I thought this was supposed to be based on a true story. It is not. I laughed so hard listening to that hate it. <laughs> it's, like, I, it's like a present that I didn't even have to unwrap. It was just given to me. Fully formed. I lost my mind at work today when I read that. <laughs> oh, I had the I had the mouse giggles just the entire day. It was just you had the circus giggles. Circus giggles. Good one. Circus hashtag circus giggles. Jeez, oh, man. All right. Whew. I don't know about you. Um, I'm gonna recommend this. You're gonna recommend. It. I'm gonna recommend it. I I think that it's. I think it's fun. I obviously I'm not the audience, but I think that there is enough pleasant sort of holiday spirit that is instilled into this. Uh, I loved the fact that the animation captured a lot from the original works and books. Yeah. I thought that that was delightful. I thought that this was very fun. And if I if I had children, uh, this would be something that I would definitely want to be. I would want to have accessible to them to watch during the holiday because I think that it. Uh, it's fun. Uh, it's easy. It's not. It's not as destructive or as cynical as this podcast itself. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I I would recommend this if you if you have children and you're looking for uh, a fun holiday classic that possibly captures the magic of the 1985 books. I think that this is something great to kind of bring you from that bah humbug into that holiday spirit. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a lot of fun. It was a lot like the books that I remembered, but obviously they added a lot more to it to flesh out its own, you know, 42-minute story. But it's, it feels like one of those holiday specials that little kids can watch every year. You know, you can watch it year after year after year. and It'll kind of become like a, a family favorite. It really does feel like that. We poke a lot of fun at it. But honestly, that's because we're 30-somethings <laughs> talking about a cartoon that's meant for like five-year-old kids. So obviously we're going to pull it apart a little bit. Um, but for the most part, a little bit of mixed messages here and there, but to keep it very simple, uh, it was it was solid for little kids. Very entertaining, very uplifting, very positive. Yes. And super colorful and fun and has a good kind of holiday spirit too without kind of like hitting you over the head with um, Christmas stuff or Christmas versus anything else, which is a nice escape from the rest of the world these days. So yeah, I'll recommend it as well. I thought it was a lot of fun. Oh. And a nice new addition to kind of like the the christmas cartoons uh in the canon you know yeah a nice addition i like fun and that's just the first of uh more holiday themed stuff coming up this month on saturday morning cartoons but to find out exactly what we're talking about you're gonna have to head on over to patreon.com saturday morning cartoons remember that's morning with you 
in order to get uh, subscribed to our newsletter by supporting us each and every weekend, each and every month here at SMC. But in the meantime, Sean, buddy, what do you have going on in the next couple of weeks leading up to the holidays? Hey, guys. As always, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that is called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can find out tickets and times with dc.org. And I'm always on Twitter and Instagram and the shimmies at Sean Paul Ellis. And you can find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. You can also find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveDrumbore.com. If you're interested in finding out more about this little show right here where we do terrible dark things to otherwise pure children's oh, cartoons boy. head on over to our website saturdaymorningcartoons.com follow along on twitter at morning tunes check out sean's handiwork on our instagram page is it a feed or a page instagram feed it's a it's a page instagram page okay we'll go page yeah page instagram page keep the conversation going on facebook and listen <laughs> to our free audio podcast <laughs> each and every week through itunes stitcher and google play uh, and YouTube, too, if you want to drop a copyright infringement notice on us, too. Feel free to drop on over there. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to reach out to us, wish us some happy holiday greetings, drop us an email, saturdaymorningcartoons at gmail.com. That's going to wrap it up for If You Give a Mouse a Christmas Cookie. But we'll be back next week with some more holiday shenanigans, and we promise we'll try to brighten it up. Maybe we'll drink beforehand. But thanks for listening. <laughs> Circus giggles! <laughs> See you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.